Well, good morning again, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're so glad that you're here and have joined us here at Kingswood Church in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Again, my name is James, and I'm one of the pastors, and uh, we're just enjoying having you with us on this Sunday morning as we continue uh, in this season of Advent, that ancient word that means coming, a season of preparation for the coming of Jesus. In these four weeks of preparation, we have the sermon series called A Christmas Carol of Christmas Past, Present, and Future. It's loosely based on the book by Charles Dickens called A Christmas Carol, and you're familiar, most of us know about that, that character Ebenezer Scrooge, that kind of miserly, uh, wealthy man in the 1800s in England who cannot see the potential of Christ's hope in others and cannot serve those in need. In fact, the word bah humbug has been associated with him and anyone with a negative or greedy spirit year-round, but especially in the seasons of Advent and Christmas. There are lots of characters to keep in mind in this series, but I want to, you to know today we meet the ghost of Christmas past. Last week we talked about Scrooge and all the characters, and I would encourage you to go back and see that episode or that sermon to remind you of those people. But today we are introduced to the ghost of Christmas past. I thought a lot about Christmas past and what that means for us to remember Christmases in our history and in our childhood and, and all of those things. I, I, I think you might remember that in your own life there are some great memories of Christmas that we long for. And I'm sure you remember meals and opening gifts and your family Christmas tree and maybe your parents or your grandparents or dear loved ones or friends or a spouse or whatever it may be that, that may not be the same or may no longer be with us but we remember them. I remember several Christmases of great joy. I remember my parents taking my siblings uh, to our rural ranch in Central Texas for Christmas, and we cut a cedar tree and, and decorated it with popcorn and special ornaments that we made right there on the spot. It was one of the best Christmases ever. I remember opening gifts on Christmas Eve after we came home and uh, having my mom make us try on every bit of clothing we received. It took all night to open those gifts. I remember as a child waiting uh, and having a hard time sleeping as I waited for Santa, and especially the year Santa brought my brother and me a colored Christmas tree, I mean colored television. It was just so cool when we woke up the next morning to see it. I remember Christmas dinners and Christmas food with both of my grandparents. I remember special recipes and, and lots of festivities. I remember Christmas services throughout the churches I've served, and especially here at Kingswood, I have fond memories of late night Christmas Eve and children's Christmas Eve services, and even a few years ago, the trees going out during the service, and a lot of interesting stories that bring great joy to me. But I also remember Christmas's past that brought pain. I remember as a fourth grader and my cousin on Christmas Eve being struck by a drunk driver and later dying. I, th I think of my cousin Audie all the time, especially around Christmas. That pain still exists, I'm sure for me, but especially for my aunt and uncle and cousins. That was a painful Christmas Eve, which I always remember as the season approaches. I miss loved ones. I miss not being near family. I, I miss certain people. I remember some Christmas gifts that weren't, didn't go well, and I remember some Christmas events that didn't meet my expectations. I remember people that I long to see, and, uh, and they're no longer with us. I, I, I know that there are some past memories that can be deeply painful. We miss people. 
And especially during COVID-19 and the pandemic, we could begin to have some of that same grief of Christmas pasts. We long to be with lots of people. It will be weird this Christmas Eve not to be packed in this sanctuary with candles lit and raised and going out into the cold crisp night giving thanks for the birth of Jesus. But we cannot allow both past positives and past hurt to define us. In fact, we are called to see the potential of Jesus' redemptive love even in the midst of our memories past. Today we experience a, a pretty powerful story. It's Matthew's Christmas story. It's a version of the birth of Jesus that we don't read on Christmas Eve, that Hallmark doesn't place in the Christmas cards, and you rarely find it in Christmas carols. But it's a powerful story of pain and joy remembered, but not defining the future of Mary and Joseph and their newborn child. Matthew, that first gospel, uh, was written mostly to a Jewish Christian audience, as you know, to share the story of Jesus. The writer of Matthew is constantly helping us to see who Jesus is. In fact, in the verses before us in chapter 1, there's a whole genealogy connecting Jesus both to Abraham, but also to King David, and doing that lineage through Joseph, his earthly father. Today's passage says even more about who this baby is and what he means to us. And hear these words once again. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, in fact the old word was betrothed, he, before they were married she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. We read that every year and, and don't realize the scandal in those few words put together. Betrothal or engagement in the ancient world, especially in Judaism, was all really mostly marriage. You were already almost married. You just had the service to go. Legally, you were connected, and if the spouse had died, you would be considered a widow. So basically, Mary and Joseph are almost married. There's just a few arrangements and a wedding to be had. I can imagine her coming into Joseph and saying, an angel has visited me, and I'm pregnant. And I can't imagine Joseph believing that at all. In fact, we're told that Joseph was a righteous man, so he was kind and faith-centered, but I'm sure it was extremely painful for him because he didn't want to humiliate Mary. And in fact, by uh, law, by Levitical law, this would have been considered adultery, and Mary could have been stoned to death. He decided not to embarrass her or to hurt her or to bring pain to her, though I'm sure his own heart ached. He decided to call off their betrothal or their engagement quietly. That was his plan. He would just end it quietly and save her from peril. What an honorable man. As he was thinking about all of this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, remember Matthew wants us to remember this lineage, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus is a derivative name from the word Joshua, or Yeshua, which means God saves, or God is salvation. And so Jesus is a word that says God is saving. And we're told that that Joseph is to stay with her, and that indeed he will name this baby Jesus. Most scholars believe that Jesus probably wasn't in the list of names that Joseph and Mary had thought about. In fact, in many ways, it probably was not a family name for their family. 
And then we're told, now all of this took place so that the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Remember, Matthew wants us to know that Jesus is part of the fulfillment of Hebrew scripture. From Isaiah, look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel was an ancient word that means God is with us. And then something very amazing happens out of this dream. Something powerful changes Joseph's heart. And we read these words in verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did just as the angel from God commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife. He didn't have sexual relationship with her until given birth to a son. And then Joseph called him Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, God saves. Now, I, I, I want you to think about the scandal and the, and the difficulty of that decision. Can you imagine Joseph saying to his family, yes, Mary's pregnant, but it's not someone else. It's the Holy Spirit. I can't imagine anybody believing that story. But Joseph did. Because in the dream, the angel basically said to him, you cannot hang on to the pain of the past. You cannot long for the memories of joy in your relationship in the past. You have to come forward and live in this moment and trust that God is providing a new path and a new way. And in fact, a baby will be born and you will name him God saves, Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus. And the world will be transformed and redeemed forever. What a powerful word about Joseph, that Joseph is willing to let go of past pain and past joy and reframe his life into a new possibility that brings about not only his salvation, but the salvation of the world. Today we continue this theme of Christmas past. And as I said, we have loosely based this on a book by Charles Dickens, an uh, older, a long time ago, English uh, writer in 1843 in, in the England or United Kingdom. And you'll remember that Charles Dickens was a person of faith, but highly critical of Christians who had disregard for the poor, highly critical of the Church of England and the church as a whole for its disregard for people on the margins. He constantly is challenging them. In fact, when the book came out, many leaders and bishops in the Church of England were offended by this book, realizing that Dickens was indirectly confronting their own greed and irrelevance and disregard for those in need. This powerful story lists to us that amazing character of Ebenezer Scrooge, a man who's been transformed by his own greed and his own pain and his own hurt and has become so miserly that he won't turn up the heat and Bob Cratchit, his employee, has to warm his hands over a candle. Do you remember that? That's who this man is. And in fact, when invited to give alms to the poor, he says, we need to purify the culture and lessen the population. When his, when his nephew Fred comes and says, uncle, join us, he, he ends that. He is just a tough and horrible man, deeply wounded. We'll learn out of this story that Ebenezer Scrooge had some painful and positive memories of Christmas past. So late in the night, after Jacob Marley, his dead business partner, has visited him with the chains rattling, saying, I'm here to help you change your life. It's too late for me. It's not too late for you. A second visitor comes late in the night. It's the ghost of Christmas past. In the traditional reading of the book and in many of the portrayals in movies and television programs, it's a character that is both very young and childlike, 
but also with gray hair and a look of maybe ancient and older and, and, and weathered. So it's just kind of a weird look and, and kind of in flowing robes and, and, and very childlike and innocent who appears and pulls back the, the curtains and invites Ebenezer Scrooge to see Christmas past. You may remember the story well, but in the story, uh, the, the ghost of Christmas past takes Ebenezer Scrooge on a journey. And remember, he sees several things. He sees his childhood. His mother has died. His father's cruel. He's sent off to a boarding school. And when Christmas comes, his father never shows. He's the only child left in the school to celebrate the holiday by himself. That's pain, right? That's hurt in Christmas past. He's reminded of, of working for a man named Mr. Fezziwig. And you may remember Mr. Fezziwig hired Ebenezer Scrooge early in his life. And Fezziwig would throw these massive Christmas parties, spending far more money than he needed to. And in fact, several people thought it was frivolous and silly that he would buy all this food and have all this music and all these gifts. But Ebenezer Scrooge remembered what a generous and joyful man it was. And he even says in the book, when, when the ghost maybe makes a sign of criticism of this uh, extravagance to help others, he said, he brought joy to me, a past memory. He remembers his sister uh, who has passed away, who he loved dearly. He remembers Fred, his nephew, and he remembers Belle, the woman he was in love with and he'd hoped to have a life with. But because of his greed and his fixation on making money, she leaves him, which leaves him in a place of pain and hurt. There are other memories that he sees. And, and what's interesting is even when the first visit of the first ghost, Ebenezer Scrooge is transformed before our eyes. In fact, he admits to the angel that he is mortal and he admits that he's not invincible. He admits that the pain of the past and the joy of the past have defined him. And he's held on to that as he's tried to make himself a man of wealth and prosperity. But in that, he has lost his very soul. Friends, today, as we enter into this journey of Christmas past, I hope you have some positive and beautiful memories of holidays past. Think of those now. But I'm sure, like me, you have some pain some hurts, maybe of Christmas's past or relationships past or hurtful words or, or, or maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's work, maybe it's illness, maybe it's your own struggles, maybe it's things you have done. But whatever it may be, like Joseph, God sends us a message. And God says to you and me in this Advent season as we prepare for Christmas and the coming of Jesus, you and I do not have to live in the definitions of the past. We have the opportunity to live a transformed life, a life of hope and love and joy now and in the future. So I'm going to invite you. It's not what Hallmark asks us to do when we read the cards. It's, it's not the carols we sing. It's not Rudolph or Santa Claus or all of the in-between. It's, it calls us to a deep reflection. Where is my past pain? Where are my past regrets? And how can I let that go? Maybe it's just a prayer. Dear God, I have carried this for far too long. This Christmas, as I face this pandemic and the uncertainty of this season, 
I want to release that. Maybe it's a conflict with somebody dear to you or a colleague or a friend that you've allowed to fester to the point that the relationship has soured. I'm not inviting you back into an abusive relationship. Remember that. Jesus never calls us back to abuse. But Jesus does call us to transformation, forgiveness, and renewal. What relationship needs a word from you to bring it to a place of hope and healing? Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But Ebenezer Scrooge was visited by the ghost of Christmas past. And in seeing the joy of Fezziwig's Christmas party and the pain of his isolated childhood, he was able to begin to release the past to embrace the possibility and a new future. Will you do that? What better time? We have all this time to kind of reflect on our lives. So I'm going to invite you this week into that deep reflection. Let the past be the past. Rejoice in it, give thanks for it, even release it. But turn yourself toward the light of Christ. Turn yourself to this star that shines hope into our hearts and begin to be transformed by Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua, the one who saves. Amen.